Welcome to Get You Fit Radio, the show that keeps you healthy and helps you lead a healthy lifestyle. My name is Irene Cook, and I'm your radio host. And I was kind of thinking about what topic should I talk about today? And, and somebody once asked me, in fact, just last week asked me, how do you decide what you do your topics on? And, and I've been now with um, Huntley Community Radio for a year. And I've chalked up quite a few shows, and looking back at them all, I think, wow, you know, how, how do I come up with all these topics? Well, the, the truth is, um, I work with hundreds of people every single week, and the topics come up um, with me based on what the most popular things um, I'm asked and the popular things that come up in my work week um, based on what clients asked me and what, what things are, are popular with the media and, and trending. And that's usually how I base my topics. Um, and so for today's show, um, I, I, I've decided to do a show on what the most popular questions are that a fitness professional is asked. Um, the accumulation of questions based on fitness and nutrition um, that I'm asked and that I have been asked over the years of, of being in this industry because it is very interesting how they, they typically trend and they typically do repeat themselves. And in fact, some days I, I often think someone's playing a joke on me because um, there's been weeks where, where repetitively I ask the same question about, you know, intermittent fasting. And these questions will be coming from people from, you know, the East Coast and the West Coast and, and, and people that don't even know each other. And I think, what what is happening? How is it that these, these questions keep coming up? So I thought, great topic to do, because now we can kind of knock out a bunch of questions that you might have and questions that maybe have popped into your head and you would like the answers. Um, this morning, I polled my audience and I actually asked them, and if you're listening, perhaps your question will be answered in today's show, of what question do you have that you've always wondered about? Um, it could be a fitness question. It could be a nutrition question. It could be a question that has to do with anything about wellness and health. So I've composed a nice little list, and there is no relevance whatsoever in the order that I'm presenting these. I, I base them solely on how I am listing them to you. It has no bearing at all on popularity um, whatsoever, so I'm just going through my list. So top question that I'm, I, I do hear a lot um, is, how do I lose the fat in my stomach? 
Um, I hear that all the time. And, and, and yes, I do hear arms. How do I lose? How do we lose fat in my thighs? But the stomach seems to be such a crazy popular area. Well, first off, um, you can't choose where you lose the fat, much like you can't choose where you put on the muscle. Um, this is also known as spot reduction, and you simply cannot do it. Um, I know Pinterest says that you can target areas such as belly fat by doing core exercises, um, but these are pins that certified uh, personal trainers and professionals roll their eyes at because uh, the way that, that these are worded, um, they're drawn this way to pull your attention and to get you to look at the article. However, you can do these core exercises and you could do abs until your face is purple. And believe me, um, I have seen people's faces turn purple um, by doing these, these ab exercises. And, and they will be very beneficial. You will get a stronger core, um, and they will do amazing things for your body, especially uh, lower back injury prevention. However, the layer of fat will remain there unless you exercise regularly to get your heart rate up and you eat in a caloric deficit. Um, I have a very popular saying that I've been saying for years and years and years, um, and and you have probably read different variations of it. You can't outrun a bad diet, or you can't outrun a fork. Um, you know, abs are made in the kitchen; they are not made in the gym. Um, and and oftentimes people confuse this for for thinking that they can eat what they want and exercise the pounds away. All of those gadgets that you might see, uh, infomercials, the Crunch Master and the uh, you know, Roll Master and all the masters will not master the six pack. You have to do cardio. Cardio is going to burn the fat and you have to reduce your caloric intake in order to shred and see those muscles. All right, next one. Why am I not losing weight? This is a very common question. Um, and honestly, there are so many answers that I would need to create a series of shows to give you uh, all of them. But when a client asks me this, I have to start playing 20 questions with them to pinpoint a few reasons why they might not be losing weight. Um, and most commonly, in fact, I'd say a good 95% of the time, it revolves around their nutrition. Typically, they are either eating too much or they are eating the wrong balance of things. And, and this is a huge issue because it is not just about the calories. Um, I can't tell you how many times people will pay and invest in a in my nutritional program even, and they will not follow the guidelines of my program, but they will follow just the calories, and that is not enough. Um, another reason behind this is people will exercise, again, going back to this, um, thinking that they can burn the calories and overeat the amount. Again, we overestimate the amount of calories that we burn, and we underestimate the calories amount of calories that we, we eat. Um, we have portion distortion where we don't realize how much we should be eating. Um, we're 
confused about what the normal amount of food is that we should be eating. And oftentimes we fill our plates with far too much food and our calories in versus our calories out is is outweighed. Therefore, something needs to change. So the way you can dial this down is to log your food. Not only log, but get a realistic measure of what your intake is. And that is going to involve a food scale. Um, I've done many tutorials. Uh, I've posted them on my YouTube channel, Get You Fit, Fitness and Nutrition, where I've put food on an actual food scale. And it's astonishing to see how misleading even fruits and vegetables are. Um, A bowl of cherries, um, yes, it's fruit, but a bowl of cherries could be 300 calories very easily. And we don't realize that because it's fruit and it's good for you. However, loaded in sugar, loaded in calories. And if you are somebody that's trying to lose weight, that is not the way to eat. All right. Next question. How can I lose weight without giving up alcohol or going out to eat? Um, yeah, that's, that's a very relevant question because we like to enjoy ourselves uh, going out and socializing, especially um, after not being able to do it for several months, um, is a really big and important part of people's lifestyle. Um, anyone who has worked with me knows that I'm all about moderation and I'm all about not depriving. Um, I do not think that restricting your diet in any way is beneficial. It is not sustainable and it is not realistic. And the truth is you can only lose weight um, by being realistic and by being sustainable. Now, you can certainly do all these things and still eat out. But what you do have to do is change your patterns. Um, If you are somebody that enjoys going out to eat and you enjoy your alcoholic beverages, you have to change how you go about doing this. Um, I suggest that you start looking up the nutrition of these restaurants before you go out. And you would be astonished at what some of the caloric uh, values are of some of these foods that you might be choosing. And just choose them wisely. Same thing with your alcoholic beverages. Uh, pick and choose what you're drinking and bring it down to a reasonable limit. Um, I've said this many, many times. Slow down uh, what you're eating and how you're eating it, and you will savor it. You will enjoy it that much more. When dining out, eliminate the appetizers. An appetizer oftentimes has more calories in it than what your meals should be. So if you go out to dinner, just right out of the gate, take that out of the equation because you are going to double your amount of calories by putting that in. And I know it is delightful and it's, it's wonderful to have, but when you look at the numbers, and again, this goes back to logging, and you look at the numbers and you, and you know that you can have a out-to-dinner meal for seven or 800 calories or an out-to-dinner meal for 2,000 calories, it's going to really hit home. And um, when you do go out to dinner and you have an enjoyable time out and and it doesn't compromise your success, um, you'll start start making those changes. All right. Um, How can I lose 10 pounds in two weeks? (laughs) 
<laughs> well, uh, maybe cut off a leg, uh, arm. <laughs> In all seriousness, you, you can't do it safely. Um, definitely, it can be done. And uh, there are shows I'm sure you've seen on television where you might have noticed the contestants will drop that amount of weight in even one week. But the reality is these people have a tremendous amount of weight to lose. And not only that, but these people also have come from a very inactive lifestyle um, and a very high caloric intake to working out and exercising hours a day and dropping their calories down to a very low limit, which brings us back to the unsustainable reality of this diet is not going to work for them. So the only way that you are going to lose 10 pounds is if you do it slowly. And I, I literally spent the last month um, talking to people. I, I onboarded over 100 people in my, in my summer program, and I've said this over and over. Get it through your head that this program is not going to work if you think you're going to get weight off fast. And, and it's, it's repeatedly said, the three little pigs with the houses, the straw house and the brick house and the feather house or whatever it was, um, you know, the, the, the pig that, that built his house out of brick, he took his time. And guess what? That house is still out there somewhere because he took his time and he did it right. And the same thing goes with weight loss. Take your time, pay your dues, and that weight will stay off. All right. With this being said, I need to lose weight, but I don't want to work out. Irene, I, don't, I hate cardio. How, how, can I, how can I do this? Well, here's some good news. Finally, some good news. Um, you don't need to work out like a crazy person to lose weight. Um, again, in moderation, uh, exercise needs to be done for your heart. It needs to be done for your cardiovascular system. It needs to be done for your uh, respiratory system. It needs to be done for muscularity. Um, it's good for your bones. It's good for your balance. Um, however, for losing weight, dial down on your diet. Um, absolutely, it's going to help burn those calories. But if you are stressed out about getting exercise in, you do not need to worry about uh, thinking that that exercise is going to be the only way you're going to lose weight. Um, my suggestion for weight loss is three times a week, uh, go out for a brisk walk, um, get those muscles moving. Um, if you are somebody that's 55 or older, balance and core work is essential. This is going to help with injury prevention, osteoporosis, and it's going to give you energy and it's going to help you uh, feel good. If you're just joining us, you are listening to Huntley Community Radio, uh, WHRULP, and I am talking about the top things that I hear as a fitness professional um, that people ask me. And I've kind of gone through the list about what things are repeatedly um, questioned. And my next one is, is cardio going to ruin my gains? Or is lifting weights going to make me bulky? 
Um, I, I actually do hear that one a lot, mostly from from females. Um, so, so here is the lowdown on this. Um, you are not going to bulk up by lifting weights. Um, the only way you're going to get big, bulky muscles is if you consume a tremendous amount of protein. And I'm talking 150, 200 plus grams of protein. Um, most likely, you're probably taking in about 100 to 125 uh, taking in 200, 300 is a tremendous amount. Um, but in addition to that, you would also need to be lifting very, very heavy weights uh, for li- light repetitions. And you would be needing to do that very consistency, consistently. And when I say that, I mean I, uh, more than your body weight. So you do not need to worry about that. Um, ladies, if you're worried about spin class, bulking your legs up, no. Uh, nothing's going to bulk your legs up besides a big, greasy cheeseburger. So you do not need to think that that spin class is going to give you uh, those hefty legs. All right. Um, How do I stay active while I'm traveling? Well, I thought about doing a whole show on this. However, I felt it was pretty redundant because um, you can stay active and healthy um, while traveling no different than your just everyday life. And once you encumber and embrace a healthy lifestyle, going on vacation is no different um, my clients and, and, and members of my community who, who have figured out this healthy lifestyle um, go on vacation and they don't even think about it. Um, it can be challenging to maintain it, of course, but my best piece of advice is to drink your water, to walk a lot, and certainly if you want to work out at the gym and you're on vacation, work out at the gym. Um, if you're having a beach vacation, walk on the beach. You have plenty of time on your vacation. Um, People get their workouts in while juggling work and kids and activities. When you're on vacation and you enjoy working out, getting up and doing a little workout is just going to enhance the way you feel. Um, Everybody loves the way they feel after a workout. But as far as food goes, um, what you should do is maintain the type of eating that you have always maintained while you are not on vacation. And if you are on vacation, you should absolutely kick back and enjoy a little bit. But it boils down to portions. So if you're on the beach and you really want to enjoy a meal that you know you're not going to get to have for a while, order it. But you don't have to eat a plateful or in a platter full, and you don't have to make yourself sick where you feel resentful the next day. Um, you know, use your logic and and enjoy it, eat it slow, and savor it. Um, I, I had somebody once uh, text me while they were on vacation, and they were so worried because there was absolutely nothing to eat um, at this one beach party they were at, and and I think she said it was like cheeseburgers and hot dogs, and I, and I, I told her, I said, have a hot dog. And she just thought that was the worst advice ever. And I and I said, a hot dog with a bun is maybe 400 calories. I said, that is not what the problem is. It's not the hot dog and the bun. It's the potato salad and the coleslaw and the potato chips and the brownies and the, you know, the, the candied jam and the jellos and the, and, and the light bulb went on. 
she had the hot dog. She said it was the best hot dog she ever had because she didn't drown it with all of those side dishes that typically come with those types of meals. And we still laugh about it. And, and Sharon, if you're listening right now, um, we still laugh about that hot dog. Um, it was so much enjoyed, and she did not gain any weight. All right. Um, will um, intermittent fasting, um, I know I did a whole show on this, but will intermittent fasting, uh, which is when you only eat during uh, a shortened period of time, uh, will intermittent fasting actually speed up your metabolism? So let me kind of explain um, in case you didn't hear the show or in case you don't know what intermittent fasting is. Um, that is typically when somebody does not eat uh, either breakfast or dinner, and they will only eat between the hours of 12 and 8 um, I'd say like an eight-hour time period. It really depends on their gender and their weight. Um, I'd encourage you to listen to that show. There are no studies done that it will produce any faster results. Um, there are studies done that the sustainability of that type of eating um, is not as good as a regular balanced diet. All right. Uh, food journaling. Tell us the truth about why food journaling really helps. Again, <laughs> I'd love an hour or two or three to just talk about this. But uh, pretty much uh, bullet points on this. Food journaling brings to your attention what you're doing. Um, I know for myself, if I'm journaling and I decide to eat a cookie and I have to go write down that I ate a cookie, um, I'm aware of it and I'm aware of the calories that's in it. But if I have to write down that I had three more cookies, I'm either going to not eat the three more cookies or I'm going to face the music that I consumed 300 some calories in cookies. Um, and if that is not enough, um, we start looking at the sugar content of things. For example, that bowl of cherries. Cherries are good for you. They're fruit. Well, if you're having a hard time losing weight and you look at the sugar content of this bowl of cherries and you realize that the bowl of cherries had as much sugar in it as a Mountain Dew, that might stop you in your tracks. Especially if the doctor has been telling you to watch your sugars because you might be pre-diabetic or even diabetic. Um, another reason that food journaling is important is it helps you create eating patterns and it draws attention to your eating patterns. Um, I don't know about you, but I actually don't remember what I had for lunch today, and that was three hours ago. So, so when I'm faced with evaluating my food intake and wondering why I can't lose weight, or what I'm doing wrong, or, or how much protein I'm taking in, or am I getting enough calories, and I'm supposed to uh, evaluate this, and I can't remember what I ate today, there is no way I'm going to be able to break this down and do a running record of what I am eating over a prolonged period of time. 
All right, so I'm going to end with this one because it is a very popular one, and actually I I have this one in my book. Um, Is there a certain cutoff time at night that we should not eat after? And um, I, I, we have Oprah to thank for this. Uh, she started this when she lost her weight years ago, and she did the whole don't eat after 7 p.m. Um, there is no cutoff time. There is not. The magic behind the cutoff time is this. If we create this cutoff time, this hypothetical cutoff time, then what that does is it causes us to stop eating. So that in itself will help us lose weight. But there is no magic to a deadline for eating. If you have not eaten dinner and you are in a caloric deficit and it is eight o'clock at night and you need to eat your dinner and you still have that amount of calories left to consume, you can eat that because you're in that deficit. It's, it's like putting gas in a, in a tank that's, that's on low. Um, the problem is, is that we eat dinner and then we graze. And then we get up and we eat more and then we eat more. And so by saying to yourself, I'm not going to eat after seven and making that a cold turkey stop, many people will avoid food entirely after that time. Um, So if that works for you, um, then certainly follow through with it. But don't think that that is creating the weight loss. Um, I've many times people will, will text me and say, I, I don't get home, you know, from work till eight. What am I supposed to do? I, I you know, I, I have to stop and, and get food on the way home. That is very incorrect. Um, eat your dinner, enjoy it. And it doesn't matter if you go straight to bed because you're in a caloric deficit and it won't cause a gain. So that is what is the most important. And all these all tie in together because if you're logging, you would see your deficit and you would see how much food you have left. You would know your patterns and it all, again, ties in together. So I hope I answered your question. And if I didn't, shoot me a text or get on my website and ask me some more. Get you fit, fitnessandnutrition.com. Enjoy your day. It's not about what you've done, it's about what you're doing 